Thank you for joining us today. Uh, my name's uh, Dan. I'm part of the leadership team here at the church. Um, just, I'd encourage you, as uh, Caroline shared about those Christmas services, uh, do be uh, thinking about who you can invite. Um, it's really easy just to share it online, share it on social media, send a link to someone, say, this is our Christmas service, would you join us? Um, we want to believe that God will break in this Christmas and that we will see uh, lives transformed as people hear the message of Christmas. And then we're going to be uh, we're busy looking at what the new year looks like. So on the 3rd of January, uh, we're going to have our, our church online, but I'm going to be sharing just a little bit about what we feel God is calling us to as we go into the new year. And then on the 10th of January, put this one in your diary in the evening, we're going to be having an evening where we just un, uh, sort of look at that vision a bit more, look at what God's calling us to in uh, 2021. We'll also be looking back at what God's been doing over the last year. We're going to be presenting, uh, it's going to work, function as our uh, AGM, which happens each year. We were hoping to have one in person, um, but we've been waiting to hopefully do that in person. We're realizing that's not going to happen. So 10th of Jan, we're going to do that all on the, in the evening on Zoom. So more details will be out soon, but do join us for that. I wonder how your plans for uh, Christmas are getting on. Um, I am a bit of a last-minute person when it comes to Christmas. Um, I'm not quite uh, Christmas Eve. I know that there's some people who are in the room, maybe on the tech team today, who are very much Christmas Eve shoppers. Um, but I am, I, I'm sort of a 21st, 22nd kind of guy. It takes me to that point uh, to get me into gear. I can kind of go through December, um, bliss ignorance about this Christmas, and then suddenly I realize... Um, but for this year, um, my son has started to understand a little bit more about Christmas, uh, and he, he gets it, and I have a daily reminder of how many days are left of Christmas. We've got the, the Advent storybook, we've got the Advent calendar, we've got uh, the Advent candle, we've got the works, um, and so every day he is excitedly counting down to Christmas. So I have this reminder of how few shopping days I've got left, um, and I'd love to tell you that um, he is uh, every day saying to me, Daddy, can we just count down to when Jesus comes? Uh, I'd love to tell you that is the reason he's counting down, but really I know he is counting down the days to Christmas and when he can open his presents. And if we're honest, how many of us, uh, how often do we spend this, this Advent time counting down to the day of Christmas and not the person of Jesus? As we were being reminded of by Gary earlier on that we make it about the, the preparation for the dinner, the presents that need to be bought, the, the TV scheduling, and this year, of course, the Christmas bubble decision. Who will be in your bubble? You know, we get to Christmas and we're surrounded by all these lovely Christmas items, and then we go, oh, but, but it's actually about the baby. It's actually about baby Jesus. So much that we've added to Christmas that's, that's nothing about, uh, not, has nothing to do with the celebration of Jesus' birth. You know, historically, the, the, the time of Advent has not been about counting down to Christmas. It's not been about how many little doors have, of chocolate have I got left before Christmas Day. The season of Advent has been about preparation and waiting. For the people of God, it was this expectation of Jesus coming. The time, it was always historically about waiting for this Christmas, this anticipation, whereas often we make it more about the run-up. And when we get to Christmas Day, it's almost a bit of an anti-climax. We can become so familiar with a story, so entrenched in our traditions, so absorbed by consumerism that we, we lose the wonder of this season. Now, don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to, to throw your turkey away. 
Uh, I love uh, pigs in blankets as much as the next person. But in this season, I want to remind us today that we are in a season of waiting. Whereas believers, we long for his return. We look at the world around us. We look at the brokenness and we yearn. We yearn for Christ to return and to make all things new. You know, this idea of waiting, we, we see it for God's people throughout the pages of Scripture. The, the Old Testament speaks of this Messiah who's going to come. One day he's going to rescue his people. Even when God's people, they're captured, they're taken off as slaves. When they suffer, there is this promise one day of a victorious king who's going to come and he's going to bring justice to the world. Promises that we find in 2 Samuel 7. They will bring you rest from your enemies. Isaiah 9, 7, where he's going to, God promises he's going to establish the throne of David and bring forth his kingdom. Promises like Isaiah 65, where he says, I'm going to create a new earth and I'm going to bring judgment over your enemies. God's people knew that there was a better day coming. They were waiting for this Messiah. They had waited a long time. And at times it seems like the Messiah is going to come as God raises up a leader who leads God's people into victory, but then the leader fails or God's people disobey God or other nations come and conquer them and, and they still wait for this Messiah. You know, currently uh, there is the Jewish celebration of, of Hanukkah where they remember how around sort of 160, 170 years before Jesus was born, a group of Jews led by uh, Judah Maccabee, they overthrow the Syrians. They go back into Jerusalem. They rededicate the temple. This is just another example of God's people trying to establish his reign once again. But then fast forward to Jesus' birth, and we find God's people still living in uh, Jerusalem, but they're governed by the Romans. They're, they're living under someone else's rule. They're still longing for this promised Messiah to come. And then Jesus arrives on the scene. As we heard last week, as Steve shared with us about this, the promises that Mary was given by the, the angel, who the angel said that this baby would be, that this baby would be the promised Messiah. And then we read about his birth, and we're going to read from Luke 2. We're going to read uh, from verse 6. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and to earth peace on those whom his favor rests. When the angels had left and gone to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see what this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off to Bethlehem. They hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning that what had been told to them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. God's people, the Jews, they had been waiting for the return of this Messiah. 
the, they're expecting a king, a champion who would lead them to victory. Who would this man be? We find not a warrior of a man, but a vulnerable baby. God's rescue plan relying on a teenage mother and a newborn baby. And yet the angels leave us in no doubt who this baby is. They say, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you this day in the city of David, unto you, sorry, is born this day in the city of David who will be Christ the Lord. The world needed a Messiah, a rescuer who would bring about justice and peace. God's strategy gets revealed and we're in left in no doubt who this baby is. It is Christ the Lord. God's people expecting a triumphant king instead find a crying baby. A baby who needs changing. A baby who needs milk from his mother. I have a seven week old baby at home and I can tell you they are fairly needy. They don't do a lot. God becomes human in the form of a baby. He he smiles for the first time. He takes his first steps. He learns to talk. He cries. He laughs. I just had the joy this week of seeing my baby smile for the first time. Jesus, the baby, smiled for the first time. You know, some people have tried to deny that God became fully human. But we don't find a story where Jesus suddenly appears on earth, arrives as a human, as a man, and says, I'm here, the Messiah is here. No, we find him born as a baby, reliant on his mother, the most vulnerable state of humanity. This is shocking. This is shocking that Jesus would become a baby. But the thing gets worse because this, this king child is not born into a palace as royalty. You know, at least if Jesus is going to become a baby, you know, at least give yourself a position of honor. You know, that's what the wise men assumed. The wise men, you know, followed the star, they arrive at Jerusalem because if a baby king is going to be born, then at least you, a baby's going to be born in a palace in an important city like Jerusalem. But the wise men find Jesus not in a palace in Jerusalem, but in a manger in Bethlehem. In a manger where the, the, a trough where the animals would feed, we find our king. Why do I tell you this? Because if God is willing to give up his throne and become a baby, what does it show how much, about how much he loves each of us? You know, I might show my love to a friend by giving them a a gift or serving them in some way, briefly interrupt my plans on my day to show affection. God changes the course of history. He gives up all his honor. He sacrifices everything to come to our rescue. Philippians 2, 5 to 8. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, But he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus gives up everything to come to earth. He becomes a servant for us. He goes to the cross. He dies on our behalf. This is the good news that Jesus is the Messiah that we were waiting for. He sacrifices his throne. He comes as a baby and he sacrifices his life so we can know the fullness of his kingdom. Jesus uh, Jesus and his arrival beckons the beginning of the kingdom, the coming of the kingdom. 
He lives a life demonstrating what the kingdom of God looks like. He then goes goes to the cross and he invites us into that kingdom. What a savior. I hope you're seeing what a shocking Messiah we have. A baby born in a manger. A baby king coming and becoming nothing for us. And yet our passage today has another shocking detail. Because the birth of the Messiah is announced not to the high and important, but to the shepherds out in the fields. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an a- suddenly with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. I love the diversity of our Jubilee family. You know, we have people working in many different areas of society, but I, as far as I'm aware, I don't think we have any shepherds. Um, I don't think I've ever actually met a real-life shepherd. And so when we get to this part of the story, it's easy for us to immediately think of kids dressed up for the nativity as shepherds, you know, tea towel on their head, you know the scene. Um, but in Jesus' time, uh, shepherds were not well thought of. They were the despised class. They were considered unreliable. They couldn't testify in court because, because of their reputation. The angels appeared to an untrusted, looked-down group of men. Psalm 113 says that God is the one who raises the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap, and he seats them with princes. Shepherds before a king. It shouldn't surprise us at all. that The God of all power makes himself nothing. He humbles himself, and then he gives honor to the lowly. You know, as humans, we want to be important. We want recognition. We want glory. There is something about our sinful nature that is deeply selfish. If you want to know if that's true of you, if, if you ever looked at a, a photo of a group of people and you are part of that group, who is the per- first person on that photo that you look for? It's you. you, you there's something deeply selfish about us that we just want to be the center of attention. We get upset if someone doesn't treat us well. We get ignored if we're overlooked. We want to be the center, and yet God shows us that the place of honor is given to those who are downtrodden, the weak, the forgotten. Why is that? Well, 1 Corinthians 1, 27 to 31 says, But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Jesus comes as the servant, the humble king, foolishness to the world, but to us who are saved, a wonderful demonstration of a God who loves the lowest of the lows. 
the shepherds are taken from a place of obscurity into the presence of the Lord. They're then used to share the good news. Passage goes on, verse 15. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go over to Bethlehem and say, see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. Are you struck with wonder at the Christmas story? If you're not a follower of Jesus, God is not looking for someone who has it all together, who feels that they have something to bring. It's not about you. It wasn't about the shepherds. He is inviting us into his story. He is lifting the low and giving them honor. He is lifting the, the poor and he is seating them with princes. As Gary shared earlier, are we willing to accept the gift of his son this Christmas? And for those of us who are followers of Jesus, have we become so familiar with the, the Christmas story that we have lost the wonder? As we prepare for Jesus' birth, do we look with anticipation about his return? That he will fully establish his rule and his reign? Or do we become so consumed by the stuff around us, so consumed with COVID and vaccinations and the news, and we, we're so consumed with this that we've taken our eyes off the fact that Christ is coming back? Do we live with hope? That doesn't mean we have to be happy with everything. It doesn't mean we don't pray for an end to COVID and we don't pray for an end to situations that are, are, are difficult, that we don't pray for healing, that we don't pray that God would break in. But we have an anticipation that the best is yet to come. It might not happen on this earth. Your, the rest of your years that you have to live might not be the best is yet to come. But eternity is the best that is yet to come. There is a moment to come when God fully establishes his rule and reign. And so do we look to Christ's return? Do we use this season of Advent to prepare ourselves to cry out to God again? Would you come back? Would you return? Would you come and make all things new? Would you establish your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven? Do we humble ourselves before our servant king? Giving our lives to him in response for what he has done for us. Because when we choose to follow him, when we humble ourselves before him, he will use us to share the good news of who he is to a desperate world. The shepherds went back. They declared, this is, this is what we have seen. And people were in awe and wonder at what the shepherds shared. God is wanting to use you this Christmas to share his good news. When we choose to follow him, he invites us into a journey of following him where we get to declare this good news. As you're with your friends or family this Christmas, as you're making Zoom calls and video calls around the world, as you're saying hi to people, as you're in your workplace, as you're going about your day-to-day -day business, as we use, are we using this season of waiting, this season of anticipation to point others to Jesus, to say, no, there is something more to life. There is something more going on. There is good news this Christmas. I wonder if the band would join me. Where you are this morning, I wonder if, you, if you're able, would you just stand with me? Would you just 
maybe open your hands out to the Lord right now. Maybe this morning you just just need to be our hearts again to be open to the wonder of Christ. Maybe we've just taken our eyes off who he is. Maybe our, over this season our, our eyes have just been distracted by the things of this world and God is wanting to remind us again of his kingdom and who he is, that he is the Messiah that's promised. We're not looking to something else. We're not putting our hope anywhere else. He is who he said he was. He is Christ the Lord, as the angels declared. Lord, I do pray for each one of us right now. Wherever we are, I pray we would encounter you afresh today. I pray in the days to come there will be stories of how we have met with you in power as we've been in our living rooms, as we've been with our families, as we've been sat watching by ourselves, as we've been in the car listening to this. Lord, I pray that there will be stories of encounters with you. Lord, that your presence would come and meet with us just as you did with those shepherds, just as you came and declared who you was to those shepherds. I pray you would reveal yourself afresh to us today, that we would be in awe and wonder at who you are. I pray for those people who are watching who don't know you, maybe just watching for the first time, maybe you've watched for a little while and you're just still trying to grapple, Lord, with, with is Jesus who he said he was. Lord, I pray you would come and reveal yourself to them today. You would come and uh, you would reveal that you are truly Christ the Lord. And for each of us, as we go from today, would we be people who are in lost in wonder at what you have done for us? Lost in wonder that you would come down as a baby. You would humble yourself. You would make yourself nothing. You would appear in a manger. Would we be lost in wonder? But then would we be people who would go forth and share that good news this Christmas?